0: Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, uh, the podcast series from Open Banking Expo. I'm Ellie Duncan, Head of Content at Open Banking Expo. And today, uh, I'm going to be talking to Shirag Shah, CEO of Nucleus Commercial Finance an alternative business lender that he founded in 2011. The sector has certainly had to prove its agility over the past 18 months or so, lending to SMEs that faced additional challenges as a result of the pandemic. Nucleus Commercial Finance was one of the lenders that provided finance to SMEs through the UK government's uh, Coronavirus Business Interruption Loan Scheme. So welcome to the podcast, Shirag.
1: Thank you, Ali. It's been a very uncertain and challenging eighteen months, but in certain phases, I'm sure for all bus- for many businesses, rewarding as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and I think we can come on to to explore in in what ways it has been rewarding because, um, as you say, it has been a, a difficult time. I mean, first of all, I wanted to start by finding out where did the idea for Nucleus Commercial Finance come from?
1: I, I started Nucleus ten years ago, and this was just after the credit crisis. It was a very interesting market at that point. At that, at that time, 95% of the business funding was coming from high street banks. The businesses didn't really have any real alternative to bank funding. So that is really the point at which we launched Nucleus Commercial Finance. The aim was to pro, to basically provide not a checkbox system, but a solution to the businesses where the turnaround times were very quick. And we were able to meet the business needs in a much shorter time frame than what banks would. So that that was really how nucleus came about.
0: Okay, and, and so obviously you started out as a sort of small business yourself. So you had this idea, but then how did you turn that into a reality?
1: I it, said when we when we started, it was it was a challenging time when we started with the credit crisis, just on the back of the credit crisis. But also, it was a fantastic opportunity at that time. I always say we were at that time there was no terminology like alternative lenders. The only when when it was lenders, people thought of banks. So it, it was an interesting time at that time where we were creating the space for non-bank lenders. I really don't like the term alternative. I still don't like the term alternative because by we are not doing ourselves justice by calling ourselves alternative lenders. We shouldn't be an alternative. And if anything, during the crisis, it's proven that we are mainstream. We have increasingly seen more businesses come to us as first choice rather than second choice or after they've tried the banking market. But again, going back to the challenges we faced at, when we launched, it was just like the, the challenge was getting the name out. The challenge was making the market aware that there are options to banks and they are not inferior options. They are not alternative options. They are they are good options, in many cases, better options than going with a bank. And that was really the biggest, when we started out, that was the biggest challenge. i would say to a large extent, that challenge has persisted. More and more businesses are becoming aware of us. During COVID period, probably... Larger number of businesses, as I said, are looking at us as first choice. But I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done by us as lenders, but also by the whole ecosystem. The government can support, the banks can support in spreading the word that there are more options out there for businesses.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that that point you make about actually... um, you know, not being viewed as a, as an alternative, but actually a mainstream option. Um, and with that in mind, it will be good to know what are the business finance products that, that you provide to UK SMEs and, and how do these kind of meet their, their sort of ever-changing needs?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, traditionally, we have funded across six different products. Businesses can borrow from £3,000 all the way up to £25 million from Nucleus. And it's not just one product. We always have said that we are not really a product-focused organisation. We prefer to be solutions focused. Businesses come in, they require X amount of funding. They have a preferred product in mind. And our approach generally tends to be to meet their requirements, but also offer alternatives in terms of what we think will be a right solution, rather than just one particular product which would not suit their needs. But overall, in terms of core product offering, we have got six products, and we have lent over £2 billion across them in the last 10 years.
0: And um, I know that at Nucleus Commercial Finance, um, you as a business have been investing sort of heavily in technology. So what's what's been your most recent investment there?
1: Our technology stack has really developed at a very rapid pace. We have been investing in technology for years, but I'd say what we've done in the last two, two and a half years has been outstanding. The growth we have seen there and the benefits which we are able to now pass on to the customers and the borrowers are very very visible uh, I'd say in the, if we look at what our big focus has been on is really providing the best-in-class user journey borrowing for a business to be able to apply for a loan should be a really simple journey and making that journey simple is not really just one single component right we always say I mean when, when we are lending as a lender we we are looking for three things we need to extract information. We need to verify that the information is accurate. And then we need to analyze the information and make a decision. And then theory, irrespective of whether you are a fintech, whether you are a bank, the focus stays the same. And a lot of the focus from a technology perspective has been on reducing the reliance on business to have to upload the information, us going to the sources directly and getting the information, and us being able to provide quick turnaround. And open banking has been. Fantastic in that regards, where we're just able to get the access to the data, large amounts of data over a long period of time, which has really enabled us to make the journey seamless to a large extent, and where the open banking journeys are completed, really reduced the time frame it takes to provide decisions. So, I mean, at, from a tech perspective, we have, I would say, over the last eighteen months, ninety percent of our applications have been decisions same day, but. When open banking has been completed, when we say same day, it's pretty broad. With open banking, I would say about more than three quarters of the applications per decision in minutes or even within a minute. So that's really the benefit. And that has been a big investment for, or a big focus area for us. So I'd say that has been a real game changer from a tech suite perspective over the last 18 months.
0: And that experience for SMEs of, of having those credit decisions. Made in in minutes is quite a different experience, isn't it, from perhaps what what they were used to? Um, is that something that they've, they've uh, you've had feedback from them about the fact that it is so quick and that that journey is so seamless for them?
1: It is. I mean, we we work directly with SMEs, but we also work with a lot of introducers who are working with the SMEs, and it 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 was fantastic because we were we were probably the only lender last year who won multiple awards, not just as a lender. But actually for our user journey. So my nucleus portal, which is where all our introdu- all our deals go through, it we won three awards for that across various various industry sectors. And that and that was really rewarding because that was really appreciated. And these awards are voted for by the introducers. So you could clearly see that the market appreciated the ease of journey which we were providing.
0: And of course, as you pointed out, um, the the investments you've made in, in technology and the speed at which you're able to keep up with technology. Again, I, I guess that stands in contrast to, um, to banks who, as you noted before you started the business, were sort of the main lending option for a lot of UK SMEs. Um, and obviously that they have been burdened with this legacy technology. So, uh, do you think that the SME market has really been able to, to benefit from from lenders like yourselves who are able to actually um, uh, not be saddled with so much or, or any legacy tech, in fact, and actually be able to be ahead of the curve when it comes to technology investment?
1: Absolutely, uh, we are more agile. We can move things quickly as new, te- and also even though we say we are constantly evolving with the technology. There's new technology coming out there. There are new things coming out there, which we are constantly on top of. And all the benefits in the end pass to the borrower. And it's not just related to speed. Speed is important. I mean, we always say as a business, as you pointed out, we started a small business. and And we always say, it's not always about getting a yes. Sometimes a quick no is as important as a yes. Nobody wants to spend a lot. Because we are all working on a specific time frame. We don't want time-wasted. And so definitely from a tech perspective, it helps. But it's not just related to time. It's the accuracy of decisions. It's the consistency with which we are providing decisions. And we, as a business, a lot of our focus is when someone comes to us, yes, they're applying for a loan or they might be looking for some form of lending and we will provide that. But as they process through the application, we are getting loads and loads of data on the business, lots of insights on the business. And a big focus for us has been trying to feed that back to the business. If we can lend, fantastic. We still want to feed it back to the business and say, this is what we are seeing. And these are the things you might want to kind of look at in more detail. And if we are not able to support them from a lending perspective, we want to clearly explain why we couldn't, what needs to change for us to support. So even if we are not able to support and they want to go elsewhere, they can tailor their application in a better way to get a better result.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. I know you spoke earlier about sort of open banking. I mean, it will be interesting to hear from you exactly what has been the impact of, of open banking on this market. I mean, some of the things you talked about there presumably have had a huge impact, just the, the, the kind of amount of data that you can collect on SMEs and also feedback to them, right?
1: It is. I mean, those two are real benefits. The time, time perspective, it's been a real benefit. As I said, we are going straight to source, We know that the veracity of data, we don't have to worry about the veracity of the data. So we know the data is accurate. We are getting full data. So we are able to run various analysis that has reduced the amount of documents we needed from the business to make an application. So it's really made the user journey much more simpler. And the data we are getting, I'd say without that amount of data, there would have been a section of businesses which we wouldn't have been able to support. Just sticking to other data sources. But now with the level of data we are getting, it's really widened the range of businesses that we are able to support. So time has been critical. The feedback we are giving to the businesses has been more accurate and we are able to kind of guide them a lot better. But also more importantly, we are able to support a much larger section of businesses than what we were supporting before.
0: Yeah, of course. Let's um talk about the sort of the pandemic specifically and, and that period of, of time um, for small businesses. I mean what what role did you see fintechs playing in lending to UK SMEs during the height of, of the pandemic? I know it's it's easy to to say uh, we're we're through it when, of course, we're not. But yeah, at the, at the very height when there were numerous lockdowns and it, it was you know a real strain, wasn't it, for many smaller businesses? Um, what what was the role that fintech played?
1: I think it was very evident. The amount of lending that continued with the fintech industry was was pretty normal to what we were seeing pre-COVID, right? And of course, the government loans, we played a big part in rolling out the government roles, the civil side, the bounce work were primarily banks. But from a non-banking perspective, the civil side, we played an important role. I mean, we we analyzed over 15,000 applications during the COVID period. We funded over 600 million. So we continued to support the businesses, whether it was via Sybils or non sibils but we were a very active player and as I said, the biggest difference we saw was suddenly businesses were looking at us and saying, we need to go to them first, or they should be, they are not secondary option for us. They are one of the primary options that we should be talking to. And that was a sea change. we would have got there, but it would have been, it would have taken a few years for that mindset to change. I think with the, during the COVID period, that accelerated and it became a few weeks for that mindset to change. We need to do a lot more work on it. We will continue. And not just us, the whole industry needs to do a lot more work. But we are starting at a much higher level than what we were pre, pre-COVID. pre So definitely a big, big role. And as I said, it's from a whole industry perspective, it became very evident and very visible that the industry can really deliver in difficult times.
0: What were some of the trends, do you think, that that COVID-19 sort of hastened um, perhaps you know these were trends that were already playing out in this particular sector. But but what did it accelerate?
1: The so biggest change we have seen. I know we had, we discussed open banking before. The biggest change we have seen is the open banking acceptance. There was a lot of hesitance pre-COVID on open banking. We had the technology, we were implementing it, but I'd say about low single digits or mid-teens was the number of people who were actually willing to complete the journey. In after the first three months of lockdowns, we saw that number increase to 85%. In the last 18 months, 85% of open banking journeys have been completed. We can't talk about the wider market, but with Nucleus, 85% of the open banking journeys were completed, which is fantastic. You're looking at a six-fold increase, really. right? It's, it's six times what it was before. And it, again, I think the market would have got there, but we have just really shortened the timeframe it's taken for people to be more open to technology.
0: What was the main reason for that hesitance uh, before the pandemic, do you think?
1: I I think, again, before the pandemic, people, it, it was not specifically open banking related. There was just a set of people who were still not. I mean, you can look at online shopping, look at the stats there. They have seen a similar level of increase. So the hesitance was the same. It was not something they had to do. It was a choice and generally change is difficult. Big changes, significant changes are even more difficult, to for people to accept. And I think with pandemic, because the branches were shut down, people was initially it was kind of it was not an option. People had to do it. But once they did it, it became more a part of life and they were willing to now just stick with it. They realized it was a lot easier. The results and benefits were clearly visible and people have stuck to it then. So I think it's it's I wouldn't say just related to open banking or something. It's just been the general thing we are seeing, be it on the consumer side or see, be it on the business side. Just more openness to embrace technology. Initially, because of lack of choice, and now even with choice re-entering the market, it's just the ease with which the technology worked. People re- can clearly see the benefits.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, as you say, out of out of necessity, people began to to realize um, that it could make their lives easier. Um, And I'm interested to hear from you, Shirag, on on what you think the financial services industry can be doing sort of more widely to to better serve small businesses.
1: Again, I, I think awareness has to be increased. We can, everybody needs to do a better job on making businesses aware of what the options are. I think as an industry, we need to reduce our focus on products and reduce the transactional nature with which we are, which which many fintechs are dealing with the businesses. It's transactional because people come in once, they apply for a loan, they get a decision, they leave. It's about what additional value we can add. I think that's going to become more and more critical if we want to kind of become the mainstay and we want to continue to build on the gains we have had during the COVID period. So a lot of the focus has to be on what value we can add apart from lending money or apart from making a decision. Yes, we want to simplify the process. We want to continue on simplifying the process. But we we need to move from the transactional mindset to a more relationship mindset where the business always gains something. Okay, It's great. They'll get a decision, but what other value we are adding with the data we are getting. And we always say, right, I mean, the biggest challenge and one of the biggest points of debate is the people who have the data are trying to control the data. As a fintech industry, the big challenge has been and the big push has been and open banking has played a big role in it is saying, OK, the data you can't be a data controller. The data belongs to the user. So data should be, it is the user's prerogative on who has access to that data. And that is what has to be enabled. But I think that's one step. The next step, as I said, is really you have access to the data. You want to add more value to the user. And a decision is not enough value to the user. They should gain more out of the journey with us. And with all the work we are doing on the analysis, we are in a position we can deliver that value.
0: On that note, I'm sort of interested to hear about your own experience, uh, you know, as a as a uh, founder of us, uh, what started out as a small business. Of course, yourself, um, did you find any particular challenges when it came to securing investment for nucleus commercial finance?
1: I think it was a it was a journey where we learned quite a few things. I think things we we really we really picked up on what are important things is when we are trying to raise capital is there has to be a clear problem we are trying to solve. We need to be clearly able to identify how we are solving the problem and what value we are bringing by solving that problem. We need to be able to address the market size and what the opportunity space is from an investor's perspective and really be able to back it up with proper research. And if you're able to do all those things and do a proper competitor analysis, I think if we, when we started getting all those things right and when we put them together, that's when it became easier. I get asked that quite a bit. I said, generally, if people ask me that those are the four core things we say, that those are the things you need to be able to clearly outline. We did in the end, but it was a journey.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, and and I guess to to kind of conclude, I'm interested to hear, you know, in, in five years' time or, or so, what would you like uh, SME finance and lending to look like in the UK? I
1: was hoping you will ask this. It's really one of my pet topics. So, so because I mean, open banking was one part. People started moving on to open finance. Everybody's talking about embedded finance. I generally feel that SME lending and a lot of the work being done in the market right now is very regressive. We're still in a phase where people have to apply for a loan. A business, even with embedded finance, when we are integrating with various systems and stuff, we have loads of data to analyze, but we're still dependent on businesses applying for the loan to trigger it. I think that uh, where I really see it going is businesses are just going to have kind of a subscription model where at any point of time, they don't need to apply. If they've given us access to data and they're happy for us to analyze the data on an ongoing basis. When, ma- when a business director is making a coffee in the morning, he should know in the morning how much money he can borrow that day. They should; It should be part of the integral planning of the business, what liquidity they have. And that's what we need to deliver. They should know exactly what money they can borrow from us each morning. And it will be evolving. We are analyzing the data constantly. As long as they've given us access to the data, we can deliver on things like that. And that is what it is. And I don't know whether it's really a five year time frame. We are looking at it as something which we want to implement really over the next 12, 18 months. So that's where the focus is. That it should it should become simpler. It should be easier. And we have the data and we have the resources to be able to to make it happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, I was going to say it, it sounds ambitious, but it also sounds completely uh, plausible and and well within reach, hopefully, for the industry over, as you say, perhaps even a shorter period than five years.
1: It is. I mean, if if someone told you two years ago that there were going to be cars which drive on their own in the next decade, most people wouldn't have believed it. But it is going to happen. The cars are going to. I mean, they, had, they started parking on their own ages ago. That's the first step. And that's that's how we are. We, I mean, a lot of the stuff we have done are like building are like building things to get to that end point. And if the cars can park on their own, it's all about analysing data. We can achieve this.
0: Well, it's great to hear from you today, Shirag. Thanks again for coming on to the podcast and uh, talking about Nucleus Commercial Finance and also the wider UK SME markets and, and open banking, of course. Um, so thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Ellie. My thanks to Shirag, there, CEO and founder of Nucleus Commercial Finance for joining the podcast. Thanks to you for listening as well. You'll find plenty of other episodes of Open Banking Expo Unplugged on the website, openbankingexpo.com. That's all from us for today, but do tune in again soon. Goodbye.